Welcome to another edition of the CDG BizCast. I'm your host, Christian Gonzalez, co-owner of Creativity Design Group, a digital marketing firm in Houston, Texas. Welcome to part two of Customer-Centric Website Basics, where we discuss many different methods business owners can use to help ensure that their websites are ready to serve their customers. If you have not heard part one, please go and check it out later. Joining me today are my awesome consumer guests, Chef Jay and Lauren Hicks. When it comes to having a customer-centric website, it is very important that your customers are able to find the answer to their questions as quick as they possibly can. That shows that you really care about providing them the best service and that you are concerned about what their needs are. So I would like to ask you guys this question. What is your process when you pull up a new website for finding the answers to every question that you have? And if you don't find the answer, what do you do? I go to Google, I do. If I can't find it, that is one of the main things I do do is go to Google. I'll Google the um, page or the, um, what's it called, the company or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then you would usually do further research to figure out. Yeah, the and then, um, has... I'll go to yeah, click on the links or whatever on Google and go through each one and see what's best if I can't find anything. Like, for example, when I bought those haunted dolls, I wanted to make sure the seller was genuine. So I did a load of research online before actually committing to buy on eBay. You like, you have to um, try and do a little bit of research to make sure the person, the company or the website or whatever is genuine. So it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Because it's kind of the same meaning. don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. You're always looking for information, and you have to make sure that yeah. the websites you find have the information that you're looking for. Sometimes it takes a couple of websites for you to, to actually find the, all the information that you're looking for. And it's so important as well to find out more on this company because this website could be completely fake. So it's always better to close off the site and type it in on Google and go on what Google brings up and then do your research that way as well. Right, right. You want to look at the address bar to make sure that the URL reflects the actual company's name in it. If it doesn't, you're already on a fake website. But as a customer, Mm -hmm. when you have questions about the products or if you have questions about anything else they offer, you want to be able to make sure that when you pull up the website, you can find the answers to your questions very easily. That's what I would like to talk about next. Business owners should take note of the most commonly asked questions that their customers give them. And they should write them down and write out the answer and then put up an FAQ page. An FAQ page, a frequently asked questions page, has all these questions listed out with their answers already written under them. If it's a common question that almost every customer asks, They can find the answer to it right there just by going to the page, and they don't have to call in. They don't have to write an email and wait. The answer is just right there. And by having that already in your website, it shows them that you're already one step ahead and ready to serve them. It shows that you're ready to clear up all the mysteries, and they're going to have a lot of them, especially if they don't know who you are. If they don't know your company or what your products are, they're going to have a lot of questions. It's important to make sure that you take note of these questions Anytime a customer asks you a question on the phone or by email, you'll just want to pay attention and then start to notice if other people who are contacting you are asking the same question. Once you know that it's, it's frequently asked, 
that's when you know you need to put it in your website so other people can find it yeah. without having to go through the hassle of making phone calls or writing emails. Because sometimes you can't answer an email right away. Sometimes it'll take time. And then if you don't answer in a timely manner, you've mm -hmm. lost a customer. They're going to go somewhere else. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's it's so important. Called, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's why it's called frequently asked questions. These are the frequently most questions that people have to ask them. Right. When you're setting up a site as well, you need to try and make sure that you can, if you're, while you're preparing your details for your site, it's important to write down everything that's important to have on your site before making your site. And then making sure you have every detail that people are going to expect to be able to find on your site to help them. Yeah, and have it easy accessible for them to find on your website or so-called website. Yeah. Those are all perfect tips. That's the exact same thing that I tell all my clients when we get started on their websites for the first time. I tell them that you need to make sure that they can find it easily. You're right. You took the words right out of my mouth right there. That's exactly <laughs> what I go through whenever I talk to clients. They need to make sure that they're up front with all the information that they put out there. The FAQ section could probably be one of the most valuable pages on your website because that's where people are going to go first to get their questions answered. Sometimes, though, your website can't answer every question. Sometimes it does require that they contact you to get a, an answer. And this is especially true when it comes to support. If you're selling a product that requires support, tech support, and you run into a certain problem that the website does not have the answer, or you run into a certain problem that the website does not talk about, then that's going to require some personalized attention then that's when you can expect your customer to give you a call to get some help. Yeah, it's oh, good definitely. as well to have, um, it's good to have a phone, a contact number or email that you know you're going to get re um, replies from, the mm -hmm. customer knows, because it's so important if they have a problem to be able to contact you right away. Yes. Or within a reasonable time. Yes, yes. This is a side note right here for all the business owners who are listening if you have an automated phone system, you'll want to limit as many voice prompts and button pushes as you can ha limit to. Because if you, if you have your customers pushing endless buttons, they're going to get annoyed. You want to make sure that you can limit how many buttons they have to push and that you can get them connected to a live person as quickly as you can. And also, don't use those automated bots that can understand complete sentences because most of the time, they can't understand what you're trying to say. Just try to get your customer as quickly as you can to a live person. They don't want to talk to a computer. They don't want to keep pushing endless buttons. They want to get to a live person quickly, just like that. Yeah, definitely. That irritates me with some companies. Like there's one courier service, for example, they don't even have a phone number anymore. And it really like puts you off wanting to use them. Terrible. That's awful. There should always be a phone number that your customers can call you at. Definitely. And maybe like the hours or something of the company or something. Right. Right. Because yeah. most people aren't available 24-7. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. And that actually leads us into our next topic. I want to talk about how websites... Now we're going to talk about how websites should focus on customer convenience. We just talked about how inconvenient it can be for phone callers when they have to go through those endless voice prompts, but you don't want your website to reflect that same experience. It's important for business owners to understand when they're getting their websites done, they need to be able to answer this question. Can they utilize their website to allow customers 
to find some sort of self-service without the, any help from human interaction. This would also go back to doing things such as having self-help articles that they can just pull up because this will also limit how many people will be calling you or emailing you. If you can answer their question in the website or solve their issue within your website, it'll make things easier for them. Other things that you can do to help speed up the process of lead generation would be having some sort of appointment scheduler within your website. If they can schedule an appointment to come see you within your website without having to call you or email you, it speeds up the process and you can lock them in easier. When you're on WordPress, there are plugins that allow you to do this and you can also charge them their fee up front so you can get paid before they even see you. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting to know. And then you'll want to also have some sort of resource page. And this goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. A resource page that has information that's easily available for them to get 24-7, such as self-help articles, helpful educational material. If you're doing blog posts, and you should be because it's good for your search engine optimization, you can write articles on how they can take your products and services and use them to their benefit. You want to be able to make sure that you're providing material that they can use. Because you're not always going to be available 24-7 and you're not even going to be available all day to help them either. So the website needs to be able to do some of the legwork. After your company closes, you're not going to be available to assist them anymore. So if you have your website doing the legwork for you and it's easy for them to take care of their issues or learn more. Maybe have a chat bot as well you know them chat bots where you can bring up a live chat but you can get like information from the chat bot that they can sort out rather than a human mm -hmm, right we talked about that in the last show and i can't stress enough the importance of chat bots chat bots are a great way to capture leads and they can even be programmed to answer questions automatically such as uh what are your business hours where are you located Stuff like that. That way you don't have to have a human person watching it 24-7 to answer these easy questions. The only time you're going to need a live person answering the chatbot is when they have a question that is specific and the chatbot is not programmed to answer. The chatbot can't answer everything, but it's a great way to capture leads. And when you have a chatbot... It should show up immediately upon loading up the website. Many businesses that I've, I've seen do this. It's common with plumbers. It's common with auto dealerships. It's common with even online stores. It's oh, yeah, it's easy nowadays. Mm -hmm. And if you have Facebook or WhatsApp, your chatbot integrates right into it very easily. Yeah, it's great because, like, for example... Southwest Water, my water company, you can um, WhatsApp them now without having to ring them, and it's great. Yeah, it's perfect, yeah. right? You don't have to call and waste all your time on the phone. It's another form of communication. Yeah. Right. Another form of advertising or connection to the people. Mm-hmm, right. And you want to have several different methods of communication. Uh, we discussed that in the last show, too. You want to make sure that people can reach you wherever you're on social media or whatever's convenient for them. Every social media network has a direct messaging feature like Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. You'll want to make sure that you're monitoring these because when your customers follow you on these networks, they're going to possibly message you for questions there and then you're going to have to be able to make sure you're able to throw away the impersonality of a chatbot, become human, and start assisting them with their specific needs. Yeah, and keeping regular updated posts as well. Say, like, 
if you've got a post on your business page on Facebook that's like a year old, people aren't going to be that interested or keen. No. Nope. You need to have posts like sooner than that. That's true. And we're going to talk about that in more detail in our next show, which will cover content marketing. But yes, those are all good tips. You need to make sure that convenience is always a factor. If you can answer the questions right away, perfect. If you can provide them educational or helpful material that'll aid them better with using your products or services, that's perfect too. It shows that you care about making sure that they know exactly what they're doing. Many companies only care solely about making a buck and that's it. You need to make sure that you are caring for your customers. Customer care, customer service, that's all very important. Your website needs to reflect that you care about your customers happiness and their satisfaction not on the fact that you own a business and you're just trying to make a buck. That doesn't show you care about your customers, that just shows you care about making your wallet fat. Also, it's important as well to have translation on your page, mm -hmm. the translation option, because obviously, like for example, I follow the um, Ukrainian president on Instagram and luckily under his post, it's always because he, he types in Ukrainian, luckily there's a translation button and I do think like websites should definitely have that. Yes. Oh yeah, having multiple languages and stuff like that, that's a yeah. plus for them. It is. It's a plus for the website. It shows that they're a little more professional. We just did that actually for our last client. Our last client at the time of this taping started a job board for healthcare professionals and he wanted to make sure that he had a translator that could translate to different languages. So we went through and we picked out the languages that he wanted to translate to and now it is available in the navigation bar on the website where people can pick the language that they want. And even if your website does not include a translator, it should regardless, but even if it doesn't, Google Chrome also has a built-in translator. When it detects that you're yeah. trying to view a website that is written in a different language other than the one that your computer has set default to, it'll ask you if you want to translate. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. But even if Google Chrome doesn't do that, or any browser that you're using in general, it's important to have that translation feature yeah. within your website, just in case. You should always be ready, no matter what. You always have to be ready. Be fail-safe. Don't assume your website's always going to work properly, or your browser's always going to work properly. You need to make sure that you're ready. That's another thing I look forward is people that update their websites frequently. Yes. Like some people, they'll just set up a website and they'll just stay on that, and it'll just be like that whole web page for a year. It's like that's constant, not, yeah. yeah, constant maintenance is one for me as well because you need to regularly check your page to make sure it's working okay. Yes, that's right. And give people the option to report if there's an issue with the site. Mm -hmm, that's correct too. That's all correct. You need to make sure that you can report bugs or any other problems regarding its functionality. Website maintenance makes up a good chunk of CDG's revenue. We get contacted all the time about making sure that certain things are fixed. Even if we have clients who have their websites made by other companies, they call us too to get their sites restored if they have a bug. Usually because their previous website designer didn't do a good job or they went out of business or they just couldn't get a hold of them anymore. We've had many cases where that's happened. It's important to make sure your website is maintained. It loads properly. You always have to make sure you're testing it on all devices, computers, mobile. And it's especially important that you check how your website looks on mobile because that's where most of your traffic is coming from. And Google puts mobile SEO ahead of desktop SEO. 
mainly for that reason, because the majority of people are browsing the web with their phones now versus on a desktop. Yeah, you need to have all accessibility for phones, tablets, computers, and laptops. Mm -hmm. That's called being responsive. That's called having a responsive website. Mm -hmm. It can adapt to whatever screen size you're viewing it from. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of design, now we're going to talk about how design should aid and not distract from the message at hand that's supposed to be delivered. That's often a problem with many mm. websites. Too many people will do one of these things. You're going to see a website that is loaded with walls of paragraphs and text, like you're reading a newspaper or a novel or something like that. When people are pulling up your website, they don't want to see that. They want to make sure that their question is being answered. Their question has to be answered easily without distraction, and that also counts for pictures too. You don't want to have a bunch of annoying graphics with with colors that are that don't go together. You don't want to see a bunch of pictures that clutter up the screen and very little text because that doesn't answer their question either. But you also don't want yeah. endless walls of text either because people don't like reading large chunks of text. They don't want to read paragraphs. I know like that. Right? Yeah, that's like how they did in the like old days with the newspaper. It's just walls and walls of text. Right? And let me tell you, that only works when you're reading a book. It doesn't work for anything on screen. If you're doing something on screen that does not work at all, that only works in print material. Well, even in books, yeah, they have illustrations sometimes, you know. Right? They, Unless if you're reading, like, a dictionary. But even dictionaries have pictures once in a while. Well, the, yeah. thing, the thing about dictionaries is that a dictionary is not a type of book people open up and start reading from page one. I'm talking about like a, a storybook. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but it's just an idea. Like even dictionaries have pictures in them. Right. They like, do every now and then to help illustrate a definition of a word better. Mm -hmm. That's what websites should do. Websites should use pictures, graphics, and illustrations to aid in the delivery of the message being conveyed. They're trying to deliver yeah. a message to you and it needs to be concise and straightforward, but it has to be also be in a manner that's eye-catching. It has to be pleasing to the eye. Too many people Oh, definitely. Too many people like to use colors that don't go together and that's a turn-off. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was about to say the only thing that really catches your eye the most are those dang pop-ups. They're always saying, save 25% yeah. here, save 50% here. Buy one, get one free here. That's the first thing that comes up when you load on the page. Oh, yeah, that's one. That's it. Um, it's important as well to have instructions on how to solve a problem yourself before having to contact customer service. Mm -hmm. Say, like, there's an issue that can be easily resolved online. It'll be easy. Say, like, I don't know, they had a link to a YouTube channel, for example, which gives you... Um, instructions how to do something or like you said the pictures how to do something right. etc pop-ups can be very intrusive you're right about that however they can also yeah. be great lead magnets what many web developers fail to do is implement pop-ups in a way that actually helps you generate leads if it's just popping up automatically the minute you load up the website People don't want to see that. But if you have some sort of exit intent pop-up, and these are pop-ups that show up when the website detects that your cursor is going towards the back button or the close button of your browser. They want to catch your attention one last time before you decide to leave. That's usually a good place to put your discount codes or coupons or maybe even your newsletter subscription form. 
That's a good place to put it because it's not intrusive. It just catches your viewer's eye before they decide to leave your website. But if you have it showing up while you're in the middle of scrolling through the website, while you're trying to read what's on it, or trying to find the answer to your question, you're just hindering the user experience. That's not a good thing to do. If you hinder the user experience, you're pretty much telling your visitor that you don't care about them and you're just trying to get all in their face with them. Other things that are incredibly intrusive and rude, in my opinion, to the website viewer would be autoplay videos or unwanted music or sound effects. People hate those. Yeah. Those startle Especially people. Especially when you're angry, like me, <laughs> like if you're trying to look up an answer and some bloody noise is blaring, you're like, fuck off, get out of my way. <laughs> That's how you I just feel. want to get to the answer straight away. <laughs> That's how I feel, especially since I'm the type of person who likes to go straight to the point. I don't really care about yeah. anything extra. I'm just, I'm all about going straight to the point. Don't talk to me about anything else. Answer my question now. And that's, yeah. I'm like that with people, and I'm like that when I visit websites. Autoplay videos usually don't help the process. Autoplay videos are rude. They're annoying, and they scare people. You don't want to scare your visitor. If you have these unwanted videos, or you have music or sound effects playing that you weren't expecting to hear, it's probably going to scare you and startle you, and you're probably going to hit the back button and never come back. I know I would. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah, right? How are you generating leads for your business if you're scaring away every visitor that comes to your website and catching them off guard with crap like that? One thing for consumers as well and customers is if you're worried about how to sort something out and you can't get through to anyone is to Google the, um, the um, what's called the problem or try and go on YouTube and type it in because mm -hmm. there is so much like help out there online for to resolve most um, problems even if the oh. site doesn't have yeah, it. Right. Oh, for sure. You're not the only one that with that person that had that problem before. There's many people that probably have yeah. that same problem. I know I have. Yeah, right. And that would be the proper way to use video. You do want to have video as part of your overall content marketing strategy. You just don't want autoplay videos in your website. If you have one embedded, you can ask people to click on it to watch it versus throwing it in their face and having it play when they're not expecting it. That's rude, but when you have the video right there, readily available for them to click on and, and watch and listen to, then you're being more considerate. You do want to have video yeah. as part of your overall marketing strategy. And explainer videos are great for home pages, explaining how your product works or answering questions that your customers have in the video. You just don't want it to be an autoplay video that'll startle them. Yeah, because when they pop up, it's so annoying because sometimes they freeze as well and you can't click off it fast enough to silence it, you know? Right. So that can be so annoying. Mm -hmm. Other ways of making sure that your website is aiding properly in the delivery of the message is to make sure that you get rid of outdated slideshows. Nobody uses slideshows at the top anymore. I was recommending clients to use slideshows at the top like, several years ago when it was still a thing but not anymore now you want to use that area just as we mentioned in the last episode you want to use that area that above the fold area to make sure that you throw out your most important points that you want your audience to see this is where you answer their questions this is where you talk about how your products and services can change their lives can make their lives better you want to do that mm. 
you want to make sure that that is in there, in that area. You don't want to use these slideshows that just have pictures of your product, but don't display any message or anything. That's an outdated technique, and you don't see that in many websites that much anymore because it's a dying trend. Yeah, or it does show you yeah. pictures, and it's a different language, like Japanese. That's totally bad. Right, and you also want to make sure that your menus are visible. You don't want the mobile menu showing up on the desktop version, and you don't want the desktop menu showing up on the mobile version. You may have noticed that on responsive websites, which I just mentioned, when you pull up a website on a desktop computer, you have a full navigation menu. You see home, about us, contact is right there at the top. Versus if you pull up the same website on a phone or tablet, you have what's called the hamburger button which would be the three stripes in the corner. You tap on that to open the menu. Is that what they call it? A hamburger type button? I didn't know that. Every time I see that type button, I'm going to think of that now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's called a hamburger button. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to think about that. Every because time it, I see the three lines. Does McDonald's have one of those? <laughs> they, they should. <laughs> if they care about looking professional online, they should. Heck, I would even take it a step further and actually turn the button into an actual graphical hamburger. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I like that company that had the, the, the shoe where you press the button on your shoe and ordered a pizza. <laughs> Which company? That's hilarious. That? I think it was like Domino's or something. Oh, pizza Hut. yeah. <laughs> I know. that You can take that button and, and have some fun with it, but at the same time, you need to make sure that your visitor knows that that's the menu button. If it doesn't look like a menu button, it's just going to throw off the usability. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like, say, like, for example, when I go to a um, takeaway site, I haven't been on one for ages, but I go straight to the, I look straight for the menu button. Mm -hmm. That's important. If you're in the restaurant business especially, you need to make sure that your visitors can find your menu because that's the first thing, I guarantee you, that they're going to look for when they're looking for something to eat and they're looking to order takeout. Especially when someone's hungry, you don't want to freaking get them riled up. They want their food straight away, so they want to find the buttons straight away. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when it comes to restaurant websites, I would say save the special offers or coupon discounts for the checkout process. Give it to them as they're checking out. When it comes to having good usability, the visitors need to make sure that they can find that menu just like that. That's always going to be the first page that they go to. They're probably going to skip right over the home page and go straight to the menu because they want to see what they want to order. That's it. With the discount code, they say um, when you check out, use this discount code, but it's not at the end. So sometimes, say like you're doing loads of shopping or browsing on that website first, and you forget that discount code, you're going to miss out. So sometimes I think it's important to have it on the checkout as well. Yes, yes, that, that's very important. That's what I was saying. I was saying that if you can give them a discount code mm -hmm. upon checkout or even encourage some sort of upselling for another product, that'll also help your customers too. That reminded me of one, one um, company I use. They always do that. They give you a... Um, discount code but you have to type it in at checkout or you miss out mm -hmm. and if you've got a memory like mine it's terrible it's important to stress FOMO the fear of missing out on your customers you want to give them that discount right there you want to make sure that if they don't use it now then they're not going to get that discount and discounts always look attractive to people because people always want to save money so that's a good way to encourage people to finish yeah. their checkout. And we're going to talk about that in more detail when we do our episode on e-commerce websites.
That's a very useful tip. You always want to stress the fear of missing out to encourage people from abandoning their shopping carts. Because people do abandon their carts when they see that maybe their shipping costs too much or maybe they just didn't like how much the overall total was. If you can give them something to encourage them to keep the checkout process going, then you're doing a good job at keeping your customers happy. They love discounts. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everyone does. Uh-huh. In the end, the company's still making money anyway with the discount. So Exactly. It's so annoying. I find it annoying when, um, say, like, there's a really good discount code and say, like, you end up spending a couple of hundred pounds because you've decided to go through the, bath, the um, shopping thing first and menu and everything else and then you add it up in the total and then you forget to ask add the discount you miss out on a big saving right mm-hmm. it's really annoying that's true that's very true you don't want to miss out on that because usually these discount codes are very attractive looking if you're only given 10 percent or so it doesn't look too attractive but if you can give a discount or it's still profitable to your company i would say go ahead and do it you want to make sure that your discount doesn't take away too much, but you want your customer to be happy and you still want to make a profit at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I was about to say, sometimes um, getting more customers and your word out there is more important than actually selling a product for a loss sometimes. It is. It, that's that's more than true. Word of mouth is actually the best form of marketing. and. That's actually how we've gotten a good chunk of our clients here at CDG. A good chunk of them are all from referrals. Yeah, and especially if you're like putting out a good product or something, then you just want better feedback from more people, and those people will bring in more people. It's just like another form of advertising. Exactly. And you'll want to have some sort of referral program to say thank you to these people who send you these customers. Give them a small percentage of the sale if it closes. And we're going to talk about that later on. Yeah, I see that everywhere where there's other referral program. Everything is doing that nowadays. Yes, and we do that too. We offer 15% for sale. I'm sure people take advantage of that all the time too. Let's now talk about the importance of photos. The right photos are important to use in your website. You want to make sure that you're using photos that reflect your customer and not your company's office. Too many places, such as doctor's offices and dentists and places like that, they'll show pictures of the storefront. They'll show pictures of the lobby. Now tell me, how does that help you as the customer, how do you benefit from that just by seeing a picture of a storefront? There really is no benefit, right? In a way, it helps me because sometimes when I come find a place and I vaguely remember the place but don't know what the building is like, that can help me to know what the front of the building looks like so I can aim to know what it looks like. And then inside, it needs to be easily accessible sometimes. So it's always, to me, I find it important to have some pictures but not too much to have some pictures of your business or whatever like a doctor's surgery for example and then have um customer pictures as well like you know what you meant about stuff to do with customers so to me i do find that with my severe anxiety and my ptsd i find it important sometimes to have the um a picture of the front of the building so I can Google it or Google Maps it even and then work out where I go to find that place, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, definitely. And the only other reason I want to see that a picture of the building was in their office or something is like if the building was a historic building or something. That would be why I would yeah. want to see pictures of that. Maybe like she said, one or two pictures is good, you know, and a couple other things. But 
That's not like you want to go into a doctor's office or a dentist's office and they have pictures of teeth everywhere and stuff. It makes right. you want to run out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have other pictures as well. Just they they usually have that in like the, the back room where the, the doctor can actually use that as like a diagram or something for like, yeah. you know, teaching you. But in the front and stuff like that, no way. <laughs> On a website, you'll want to have pictures of satisfied customers. You'll want to show them smiling, showing that you've done a good job. And this is for any type of business. Mm -hmm. You want to show satisfied customers. You want pictures that they can relate to. If you can show a picture of you shaking hands with your customers, then they can relate to that easily. You don't want just a bunch of pictures of your company's office. Because aside from what Lauren said, there's no benefit in just showing pictures of your office when... There are other things you could show instead, stuff that's more educational. It's important to put pictures of your products, of course, or maybe a picture of you performing the services. If you can get your customers to get in these pictures with you, then that makes it even more legitimate. It shows that you've done business with someone and you're not just hiring actors. You can back it up with a testimonial, video testimonial. Now, when it comes to showcasing your office, that is good if you do it as a virtual tour rather than as just a bunch of pictures on your website. If you can have a virtual tour where you can click through and you could show as if you're walking down the hallway or do a 360 of your lobby or of your offices, that helps customers too in a manner that would help Lauren based on what she told me. Mm. Virtual tours are better than just pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for Because, um, sure. like, for example, I like Google Maps as well and when you can actually do the street view because then you can work out from where you are and where you've got to go and how long it's probably going to take, what route you can take, mm -hmm. etc. Right. And I use Google Maps every day just for that reason. Oh, I like to um, basically be able to work out my route by um, going on Google Maps, for example, because of my panic disorder, my OCD and everything else and my right. anxiety. I need to not worry about my route. And like I'm the kind of person, if I'm unsure about where somewhere is, I really worry. Yeah. And it does put me off wanting to go or I'll have to pay for a taxi to get me there which I don't often want to do. So it's always nice to have somewhere where you can navigate your way around. Right. That's important. That's very important to do. Mm. I do that all the time. Even though I drive everywhere, it's still important nonetheless. Whether you're driving, walking, uh, taking a taxi or a bus, you need to make sure that you know where you're going. Oh, for yeah. sure. And, and not only that, like if you're a brick-and-mortar store, what about like parking if you're in a city or something? Is there parking spots available? Right. Stuff like that. That's true. That's very true. Or like a waiting time limit or something till next serve. You have to wait 30 minutes or something. Right. Something like that. Yeah, that's all stuff that should be mentioned on the website. If you know you're going to have long wait times, maybe it's for an appointment somewhere or to get a table reserved at a restaurant, highlight that on your website. Let people know up front. Mm, that's convenient. Definitely. The more information you can provide to your customers, the better. Right. And also, you want to make sure that you want to gain trust. Showcase it with legitimate reviews. Use reviews. Use video testimonials. You want to make sure that you have some sort of social proof to back up why people should use your company versus your competitors. Oh, definitely, too. And some other things that I might look out for, other one is... Maybe they donate to charities or have donations or stuff that shows they're a successful company. Right, that's and right. And they're looking out for other people. So that's always something I would look out for. That's always important to showcase. When they show that you're donating to charity, that also shows legitimacy. That shows that you're not greedy. You're not just all about making a profit. Definitely. For the business owner, 
running a business is all about the profit, but that's not what it is to your customer. To your customer, it's about what they can get from you and if you're the best at doing it. Can you change their life with your product or service? Definitely. And maybe not overly be too expensive sometimes as well. Right. But not only that, you can change your own life if um, your products and services are great because not only will the customers be happy, you will gain more customers and more money, etc., from your business. That's right. That's yep. And Jay, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too because I actually read an interesting article the other day about how Arizona teas are still 99 cents a can even though inflation is causing everything else to go up in price. And I read that the owner doesn't want to just have one of those companies that's forcing change on people like that. People don't want to pay more. He says he's taking less profit because of this, but he doesn't want to inconvenience the customers by having to raise the prices from a dollar per can. Yeah, I've seen that today on Costco's chickens, how they're keeping them at $5, where other people's are like 6 $7 now. Right. The exact same thing. He doesn't want to raise the prices with inflation. He's mm -hmm. already making enough money. He doesn't need any more. Exactly. So he, yeah. If you can sell your products or services at a cheaper rate and still make a good profit, you're only helping your customer. And of course, you're helping your business because you can expect to see sales grow because of that. You'll have to make sure you look at your competitors and see what they're selling their stuff for and then see if you can beat their price yet still make a profit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And usually sometimes when you do that, the people feel so good that they'll end up buying another product from the store. Right. That's correct. So. That's a plus. That's a huge plus. We're going to go into our closure topic now, and this is going to be a pretty brief one. We're now going to talk about how businesses need to utilize content marketing within their websites. They need to know what they can do to educate their audience, keep them informed, just keep them in the loop on what's going on, and of course throw some promotional material their way. Let me open the topic by asking you guys this question before I go over it. What do you think content marketing is, in your own words, in plain English? What do you guys think content marketing is? Maybe marketing something to the right, um, I'm going to say, like, uh, customer base, maybe? Well, that's marketing no. in general. That's marketing in general. What specifically okay. is content marketing? Because I was going to say about reviews and customers and stuff, and then I was going to say about the websites being detailed, but I don't know if that's the right answer. That, oh, it's kind of like what I was saying. You want to att attract the right audience. Yeah. Age frame, right? Strategic marketing. All of those answers like, are correct. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what Hello! I wanted to say. Um, about creation and sharing online material like we were talking about, such as videos and blogs and social media posts. Yes. Etc. That's like that's, oh, yeah, tactical that's, marketing. Having, having your own YouTube channel as well where you can market um, your, market your um, I can't think of the word now, but yeah. Yes, all that is correct. All of that is correct. Content marketing, the key word being content, is mm. writing content and sharing it with your audience. And yeah, and like leaflets and stuff like that, and maybe putting your, yourself in the newspaper or something. Well, content marketing is mainly digital marketing. This would be like your blog. That's what I thought. This would because be like it's your... no longer newspapers, is it? But yeah, I did think it was mostly online. Well, we have digital newspapers, and you can advertise on those too. Yeah. Yeah. Content marketing would be things like blog posting, videos, podcasts, email newsletters, infographics, white papers, 
reviews from customers, stuff like that. Those are all examples of content marketing. Or many companies utilize content marketing and it works very well for them, but there are also many companies that don't utilize it and they're usually small businesses. Now, before I tell you why, why do you think most small business owners don't work on content marketing, even though it's very important that they do so? Maybe it's anxiety sometimes, worrying that if they try to, no, they won't get many customers. Maybe a time frame issue? Yeah, that as well. Yes, that's actually correct. And I hear this from every client that I've talked to about this. They tell me that they do not have the time to do it and they can't afford to hire a marketing company or a marketing assistant. That's usually it. It's, it's the fact that it's time consuming. If you're putting content out there regularly, it does help your search engine optimization. Google does look for this stuff. So if anything, it only helps you. You can expect to see your customer numbers grow if you're engaging in content marketing. On a website, if you're writing blog posts, you want to make sure that they can access them easily and that they're optimized following on-page SEO guidelines. You want to make sure that you have buttons on your page to encourage people to subscribe to your newsletter or follow you on social media. And if you have yeah, a there's a shop, there's a shoe shop next door to me, and they've um, been running for quite a few, for several years, I think, a long time. But every time they get a new season out, like of different things, they always send out booklets free in the post to everyone. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That would be direct mail marketing, which can still be effective sometimes, but. We're mainly talking about content marketing, which is digital. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's just an example. Like, I've, you can use post marketing as well, but if you're confident enough or whatever. Right. But, yeah, most of it is online these days. Direct mail marketing can still be pretty effective. It just depends on what you're sending out. This is especially true with coupons. Fast food restaurants, they send out coupons mm. in the mail all the time, but they also yeah. advertise specials. They also advertise specials in their email newsletters. They encourage you to subscribe. A good example, if I have any restaurant owners listening, mm. you'll want to take this into consideration. Checkers, the hamburger restaurant Checkers, if you subscribe to their email newsletter, they give you a free small fry just for signing up. Ah, that's not bad. I like freebies when they offer you like a freebie for signing <laughs> right. up or whatever. It's always nice. It makes you feel good, especially if you're having a bad day and someone says, oh, if you sign up to this, we'll give you a freebie. Yes. I strongly encourage people to take that system. Try to encourage freebies whenever you can or, or small gifts. A lot of companies do this when it comes to email newsletters. There is a local hamburger chain here in Houston that does this too. If you sign up for their email newsletter, they will give you a free sandwich with a purchase of a sandwich. And on your birthday, they will give you simply a free sandwich if you stay subscribed to them. Oh yeah, that's awesome. So I'm going to stop talking about content marketing for now because this is supposed to be a lead-in to the next episode. The next episode is going to be all about content marketing and it's important. Oh, so to be continued, everybody. Yes, this is supposed to be a lead-in to the next episode. Let's go ahead and close out the show. Once again, I thank you guys for joining me on the show. I hope that business owners will take this information to heart and apply it to their overall marketing strategy. Please stay tuned. Next month, our first episode of May is going to be all about content marketing. We're going to talk about general basics. Thanks, Christian. Thanks for having me on the show again. And thank you guys for coming.
It's always a pleasure. Great. Thank you very much for having us. And that concludes this episode of CDG BizCast. I hope that all business owners will take this advice and change their marketing strategies accordingly. We look forward to hearing you in the next one.